Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is the Pro Audio Suite Podcast. Quick Bites. And here we are again, thanks to Rode Microphones and Harlan Hogan's VoiceOver Essentials, the home of the Portabooth Pro. Uh, This week, we're going to continue with our discussion of last week, which was in regard to home studio setups. We've done the cheapy, the starter. We've done the one up to $3,000. Now, it's time to have an open checkbook to go crazy. So let's start <laughs> with uh, start with George. Actually, come on, George. Please so come studios. to me with your <laughs> come to me with your your checkbook. open checkbook, please. Um, well, I, I'll start with just one that's because it's such a concrete example of what you can do when you've got the money to spend. That I just have to go there, and as you would probably predict, the vast majority of that money is not on spent on the microphone or the preamp or the computer. It's spent on the the building or the room, you know, and, uh, you know, I have a client, uh, in the Valley. It's so rare. I get to do this, but this was one of those rare chances where I got to build a ground up studio. And she said, I want to, you know, I want to have like a man, uh, not a man cave. Well, a lady, a lady cave, whatever, whatever the lady. Yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. Oh, she wanted to have her own, uh, you know, her own space in the backyard away from the house, um, and her new child, um, and be able to record in peace. And she has a loft inside where she can crawl, climb up a, like a library style ladder, you know, and go up in there and meditate. And it's, an, it's this cool little tiny house. That's a tiny house, basically. Um, and it's on a slab and it's like 10 by 12 feet, which is the largest slab you can pour in that area and not have to get building permits. Oh, wow. You know, the whole thing. And it's built like a, you know, it is just, in terms of soundproofing, pretty much spared no expense, except for maybe the doors. We could probably take it to another level with the doors. But honestly, it's been two years, maybe three since it's been done. And she hasn't come to me yet saying it's time to to put in those heavier doors. Um, So let's uh, say $100,000 when it's all in. Yeah, no running water. That's just a, <laughs> a little <laughs> freestanding room with a, a with a large number of windows, actually. So it has a lot of glass. That's expensive, um, and a standalone, of course, a- HVAC AC unit that keeps it cool but quiet. Yeah, <laughs> beautiful siding. You know that looks really nice from the side of the house. It has a good eye appeal. Uh, it's it's a really cool little structure. But yeah, you can. You can get into that 100K range when you build something either from scratch or do a total reno of like a garage or, you know, an addition onto your home. That's that's very easy to spend. So I've seen videos of that studio, actually, and that was 100000 to build that one. Yeah, they're, they're, thereabouts. And I think that was including my 
consulting, which is a small, por- a tiny portion of that, but my 60, consulting 000. and yeah, <laughs> uh, my consulting and my uh, installing of gear and acoustics and, you know, getting it tuned up and that kind of stuff. So, wow. uh, yeah, yeah, no, it, she's, she's a great voice actor and with a really great husband uh, yep. to help her out with that. So, you know, God bless her. And that's she great. deserves it because she's awesome. Uh, I did, but that's unusual. I did see one of yours. Um, I've only ever been in one of the studios you've built, and that was Joe Cipriano's old one before he moved. Um, now, that was built into an existing garage. Is that correct? It was built into a like pool cabana, basically like a, a, a building that you'd have next to your pool. <laughs> Which it was next to his yeah, pool. Yeah. That's exactly what it was. <laughs> and uh, that one was unique in that it was a building with an addition and the portion we were adding on the portion where the studio was going in was, was basically spanning the original building and the addition. So the roof lines were different. It was really weird. Um, took a lot of improvising on the, on the framing and stuff, but also he was having his entire residence renovated. So we had to kind of work alongside, we had to basically borrow each of the different, you know, teams drywalling guys and everything else when they were available. So it was, it took a while to build much, much longer than usual. But when it was all done, um, I was really proud of that one. Cause he would say, Hey, there's a helicopter hovering overhead and I have my mic turned on my U87 and you, uh, you can't hear it. So yeah. that one I was really proud of. That was, that was cool. Cool. All right. If you've got that sort of budget now, you've, um, you built the structure for say $100,000, then what are you going to put in it? Yeah, well, I mean, uh, and, and I'll, I'll go with my clients first and then, Robbo, you can certainly talk about getting more into the world of production because there's so much more to do in terms of gear. But, you know, they're, they're, even gonna have, they're either going to have like the usual nice boutique mic preamp like an Avalon 737 or a Grace um, or they've evolved into the, the, you know, the new technology with the Apollo systems from universal audio. And then usually they'll have two microphones to choose from. And if they're really geeky, maybe more, but typically two microphones that can be easily switched on the fly, you know, so they can punch up either a 416, 416, um, or, uh, you know, the other mic of choice, a Microtech Gefell, a Neumann, a Manly, uh, whatever, you know, some other style of mic. And to, the ability to just click a switch or click a mouse button and switch mics at the fly and have them both mounted at the exact right location and be able to do that is a, is a nice technical, technological feat to do it easily. And I like to set that up for people that want that. And then... Um, setting up custom processing that's exactly sculpted for the mic, maybe having a bunch of different processing settings for a lot of different styles of work is certainly a nice thing to have. Um, And then a really nice workstation that they can um, stand at or sit at, you know, adjustable height, electric lift is really cool. And uh, having everything move up and down, studio monitors, everything goes up and down with the desk. So it's really easy to choose to stand and sit. And then some great studio monitors. Uh, you know, uh, Personas Iris is my favorite. Maybe budget-friendly studio monitors, but you know, studio monitors goes. You guys, <laughs> you can spend a lot of money on studio monitors. Oh um, yeah, 
Genelec or, uh, you know, Neumann even makes them now. Uh, there's uh, Focal. Uh, you know, these are talk, we're talking seven, $800 per speaker very quickly. And the rest here, of course. Yeah, yes. Um, you, you can spend a lot yes. more than that. I know that, you know, decent, big Genelecs are going to cost you, could be two grand a side. The big ones. Yeah. Yeah, the big ones. Yeah. Yeah, so... You know that's that's where a lot of the money goes in terms of gear, and then the ancillary gear. Like, are you doing ISDN? Not so much anymore, but it was pretty common to spend five thousand dollars on a Zephyr Extreme interface, you know, audio uh, codec, and then uh, a mixing console to interface all of it together. If you want to go really crazy, let's get a, a radio broadcast console. You know, that's super high quality <laughs> and designed to run twenty four hours a day. Um, that never breaks down. That's nice to have. So yeah, it's uh, there's just for a voiceover studio for a solo voice actor. There's not a lot of need for a lot of bolt-on bits. But for those like uh, our our good friend here, Andrew, <laughs> <laughs> you may want to add a few more mics in your collection. So uh, Andrew, why don't you pick up the ball on that? Yeah, and yes. talk about what you have. Yeah, before you do, you know what's interesting though, hearing you talk, George, is even spending all that money on a studio, the one constant through the three levels that we've talked about is you could still put Twisted Wave at the end of that chain and it would have no effect on everything else that you've just talked about. It would still be a perfectly good editor, in inverted commas, to use at the end of that chain. Yeah, that is true. Uh, In the context of a... $35 yeah. piece of software at the end of all that is still good enough. Oh, yeah, absolutely. 80, 80 bucks US, who's counting? But yeah, whatever. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's uh, very affordable. Um, yeah, it's it's interesting. It's it's the right tool for the job for just about any voice actor. Maybe going up in price, maybe Adobe Audition because it's a subscription. So you're going to pay more in the long term for it. Some people really think that the extra tools on Audition are worth the extra cost. Um, the the spectral editing mode that it has and uh, the multi-track mode that it has for doing production and those, those extra bolt-ons you know are going to cost more because of that that subscription cost but for the, I have clients who yes exactly like you just said spend a hundred grand on the studio and use an eighty dollar program yep. on a thousand dollar Mac crazy and off they go. Yep. Yep. Yep, that's all you need. I mean, you could basically, if you had a $100,000 room, you could stick an NT1 in there and an AI1 going into Twisted Wave and it would sound fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. The room room is the key. The room is the key. The room, the the noise floor of the room, the acoustic design and treatment of the room. You know, we didn't even talk about acoustics, but, you know, you can make really aesthetically cool-looking acoustic panels with your own custom fabric designs on them, uh, you know, custom printed. Uh, there's, you can really go hog wild with that um, and make it look all your own, very customized. Yeah. Um, but uh, you don't have to, but a great-sounding room will make any mic sound good as long as the mic sounds good. You know, if it's a garbage mic that's noisy, it's still going to yeah. be a bad sounding mic, but any quality mic, hundred dollars up, is going to sound great, uh, yeah. or the best it's ever going to sound in a in a in a good room. Yeah, if I had a an open checkbook, I would do exactly what you did in the valley. I would get you to come and build uh, a space that I like, and what would be in that space, I would have a separate booth that's 
large enough for two or three people if need be. I would have like a crash area with a nice big couch so you can sit there and hang out when you're not working so you don't have to sort of wander into the house or you can just relax there. Um, I would have someone like yourself, George, come in to make sure everything is tuned, soundproofed, acoustically treated, beautiful air conditioning system, don't have to go anywhere, home away from home. Then when it comes to gear, I know that we just said you could get away with lots of things and you can, but I would still... Out of all of the things I've got, my favourite two preamps are the Grace Design M101, which I would use with a uh, tube mic or valve mic. Sure. Uh, because it's beautiful and clean and it just lets the mic talk. And uh, and I actually do love the Neve 1073, but yep. I would use that with the shotgun mic. Just which Neve it, 1073 do you have? Is it... A- a it's reissue? A, is it original? Is it it's an AMS Neve 1073 DPA. So it's two, two preamps. No How EQ. Old is it? Um, probably 10 years old. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a, it's a modern. Yeah. Modern it's an a, AMS Neve. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's really cool. And then I also have, which I don't need, but I've got anyway, a Neve, AMS Neve 2254 compressor. Uh huh. Yeah. Which I really, I do actually switch on for one client just to hold everything together, but usually I just bypass it. But the thing with the bypass, I don't think it's a real bypass. I think it still goes through the transformers. So you get that, in fact, I'm using it right now, but you get that beautiful warmth with it. I love that. What are your Um, top three microphones? uh, All the microphones I've used over the years, um, it's quite limited really because most studios have kind of the same a variation on the same theme. Yeah. Uh, but my top microphone, large condenser microphone, and we did this in the shootout, which is interesting, is my uh, Microtech Gefell, the M92.1S. Mm-hmm. 2000? Under 2000? Uh, no, same as a U87. So what's that? Okay, about so it's 3,000, yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. something like that, about three grand, um, which is, that's a beautiful mic. And the the old the vintage um, C four one four EB I've got, right? That sounds great. I love that mic, but it's in a box; it doesn't come out. Right. Uh, right. And then um, the Sennheiser forty one six is yep. actually back in its box uh-huh. because I actually prefer this one, which is half the price, and it's the uh, Rode NTG five, which I've been banging on about for what since do you since I got it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's I just love it. Right? It just works. Yeah. It's it is just a, a cool mic. Yeah. yeah, it's a great mic. It will never, it will never be a forty-one-six because everybody has to have a forty-one-six. But I mean, I we're going to do a shootout with this thing with up against the forty-one-six in the coming weeks. Yeah, and uh, I can tell you that the people who have heard it either like it better and they don't quite know why, or they can't pick the difference. Mm. Definitely. Are there other are there other ancillary pieces in your studio, like for monitoring or switching or anything else that kind of make your studio really easy to use or just flexible? Or well, there is actually, and it's one I've been having an issue with. And it wasn't until I spoke to our good buddy Jeff Silverman just a couple of hours ago, in fact, um, the Mackie Big Knob. I was getting issues with it. I was getting noise. I sent the noise up to Robbo. He couldn't work it out. Thought it was the computer. We're like scratching our heads. Spoke to uh, Jeff, and he's and I saw on a photograph he had one. I said, "Do you ever get noise with that?" He goes, "Oh yeah, used to drive me crazy, but I worked out how to fix it. Turn all the trim pots to zero, and it will get rid of the hum." 
So I turned all the trim pots to zero. This is after I've made about another 10 leads. I <laughs> <laughs> took out all the old leads, put in new leads I just made, all nitric wow. connectors, the whole thing, patched it all up, still the noise there, turned down the trim pots, and bingo, he's right. Really? So, so the, the, the problem with the big knob is that it has amplifiers in it. Yeah. And those trim pots are basically adding gain. And Correct. when you add gain, you add noise. So yep. by turning them all down, it changes the gain structure a bit, right? So you have to, what did you have to do to compensate, right? Because obviously, obviously levels would have dropped when you did that. Yeah, but I just turned up the uh, speakers, uh, used the volume knob on the back of the speakers to get better monitors in the studio. And uh, that was about it, really. The rest of it is perfect. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, do you guys see any value, uh, maybe Rabo, do you see any value to boutique high-end AD converters for what yes, you do? Not I for, do. Uh, for what I do, but I mean, I don't record voice here. So, but yeah, I right, suppose right. If, if you were recording voice, yeah, absolutely. But I mean, for me, most of my stuff's in the box, to be honest. Well, I mean, something better than what would be like in, say, an Apogee or an Apollo interface, like something even more expensive because you can spend a lot more than those mm. on AD converters, like a Lynx or some antelope or some really high-end thing. Yeah, I suppose so. If you were using it all the time, absolutely. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, that would be my thoughts without having really played with that sort of gear. Well, I, um, I had, because I'm on a PC, <coughs> PC um, <laughs> I've got an internal sound card, which was a Lynx, and then we had to update something. I can't remember what it was now, but the Lynx wouldn't actually talk to whatever the update was, so we took the Lynx out and put it in RME. Uh, HD, oh, I can't remember what model it is. Anyway, it's a, it's a sound card with a four-channel splitter, so I can run four channels into the sound card. Uh, that's, a, that's a really nice converter. Cool. Do love RME. I, I was going to say, I can speak with some confidence about my setup because I've actually had a listen to it. <laughs> right, yeah. What, what I, uh, makes a good uh, production console? Well, I, like I, was, I, I was up at my local music store, Hello to the Boys at Taramara Music, uh, the other day looking for some other studio gear. So I thought I'd take the opportunity while I was there to plug a few different things in and link a few things together. So this, this, is, this is what I've come up with. My mic would be either a U87 or a 414, probably at this price point. But then I don't know whether this is controversial, but I really liked, well, my actual choice was the 414 going into the Manly Vox Box. I thought oh, that yeah, that'd be nice. Really, really nice. I don't know. Yeah. But uh, that, that was my pick. Um, and then from there, uh, monitor-wise, uh, I really liked the JBL 308s. Is it LSR 308? Is that? Yes, LSR 308. Uh, monitor-wise, I would probably, well, I would definitely run Pro Tools. There's no probably about it. And an Avid uh, S3 would probably be my console of choice. So um, that was my little setup for an unlimited pocket of money. I didn't talk about monitors either. No, um, well, the ones I've got, you can't, you can't replay, they don't make them anymore, but I've got the Yamaha MSP10s, MSP10 Studio, uh, which was their kind of generic, I kind of guess, after the NS10s. Then they went to the MSP10 powered powered speakers, and they're beautiful actually. And they, when they came out, I think they were selling for like two thousand a side. 
And uh, I picked them up from a mate, Chris Cunold, actually, was selling them when he moved um, up to China. And I picked them up from him. Uh, and I've had them for, I shouldn't probably even say this because I guarantee one's going to blow up now, but I've had them <laughs> for probably 10 years. And they, they, those things, you can run them so hot, you can dry your hair. They pump that much air out of them. They're fantastic. <laughs> but uh, if they went fud and I had an endless budget, I'd probably go and get Adam, actually. Yeah, really? A pair of Adam, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I don't know. For me, I, I don't, I, maybe it's just because the JBLs give that, I don't know, there's a, a certain sound to JBLs that I like. I don't know. But yeah, that yeah was- every every monitor speaker is voiced in a certain way. They always, mm. you know, aim for flatness, but they still have a sound. And, you can still pick them. You know? That's right. Absolutely. Yeah. And once yeah. you once you've learned your monitors, you're just going to decide. You kind of have to decide. These are my monitors. Like this is the, the I know these speakers now. Mm. Yeah. And once you know your speakers, you can't really go switching around too much because. And you got to learn the way new speakers sound. So. It's funny because yeah. one of the ones I first went to was um, ones I've looked at for a while is the um, KRKs. But yeah, I, yeah. Found, I found them really, well, they sounded to me really top heavy. Like after five minutes, they were starting to hurt my ears. Yeah. That's interesting. I don't know. Kind of made my opinion on those two. Yeah. A little bit yeah. harsh. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Maybe go. they're trying to do the NS10 trick, you know, maybe that's what it's all about. Fill in that gap. It's funny because your first your first instinct, especially for me being in radio, is wow, they cut. But then after listening to them for a few minutes, you you really sort of start to notice that it's overhyped, that it really does just hurt your ears. Yeah. And talking of ears, I've got to say one thing that I I've learned over the last couple of weeks from using in ears, and we'll do a show about that, is there's so many good things about them, but one thing is if you work with in-ears in your booth and then you go to somebody else's studio, take them with you. Well, yeah. hearing you say that, here's one. I, I'm no expert on headphones whatsoever, but George, if you were putting, if someone said, build me the ultimate studio and as part of that, buy me the ultimate pair of headphones, what would you buy them? That's a good choice. I mean, I haven't gotten that ultimate pair yet where, you know, we're getting the $1,000 range, I think, for headphones. But... um I have one client with a pair of biodynamic, um, they call their, I think they're called T1 headphones. Um, they're extremely revealing and flat, thousand bucks a pair. Um, not my favorite because I'm kind of used to the not so flat headphones. I'm used to ones that have a bit of bottom and top. So I'm not so big into the mega flat. But um, And whenever I try them on, I always just ache to buy them are the Odyssey headphones. Audizy, A-U-D-E-Z-E. Um, those things are just insane. Those are uh, ribbon, Magna Planner ribbon driver headphones. And holy <laughs> cow, those <laughs> yeah. things sound incredible. Don't drop them for God's sake. Yeah, or, or take them with you. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> right. Leave them at home. It was yeah, funny actually talking about headphones. Quick. I was reading an article, a Sound on Sound uh, magazine article about headphones only last night. Yeah, right. And uh, they did a shootout of a whole bunch of headphones uh, from various prices. And I think it was the Sony that they ended up, probably the best all-rounders, the Sonys, closely followed by um, AKG K701s. I've tried those out. I've been really happy with the latest round of AKG cans. I don't have any, but um, when I tried them at trade shows, I've been really impressed with the the latest AKG stuff. But um, yeah, yeah. I, I've, it's funny because I've used, I've got a pair of AKG, well, I've got three pairs of AKGs, my old radio ones, the K141s, 
and uh, a pair of K601s, which look like 701s. I don't know what the difference is, actually. But they sound beautiful. They're, they're um, super, super clear, comfortable. You could you could wear them all day. Um, I don't, yeah, yeah, I've got the 141s and the 240s. Yeah, AKG. It's funny, I don't yeah. know whether uh, it's just old habits die hard with um, radio station uh, technical engineers or not, but you still walk into most on-air studios at any radio station, well, here in Australia at least, and AKG is still the headphone of choice that sits yeah. on the desk in the studio. It's bizarre. Which is interesting, isn't it? The, the K141s, I'm guessing. Yep. Yeah, yeah, the usual, yep. usual suspect, yep. I've, and I think I know why, because they're pretty well bulletproof. I mean, my oldest pair here, I had a pair that was actually older, but someone stole those. But the oldest pair I've got hanging here, I got given to me when I started a new job at a radio station in 1981. Wow. And they're still perfect. Yep. They are bulletproof. You're right. Yeah. So that's uh, 39 years I've had those. Wow. <laughs> You'll hand them down to your kids. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there you go, there you go. Sounds like George Thanks. had a customer in the bike shop. Well, the other volunteers are showing up to open up the shop. They're literally like opening the register and taking out the trash, blah, blah, blah. So I got to jump. Right. We'll wrap it up and say, uh, as you're at the bike shop, George, time to get back on that chain gang. <laughs> Nicely done. <laughs> this show was mixed by Voodoo Radio Imaging, edit by Andrew Peters, using Rode microphones and Source Connect Now, tech support from George the Tech Whittem, and supported by Harlan Hogan's voiceoveressentials.com, the home of the Portabooth Pro. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.